0: Six.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to our Thursday edition of the 643 Podcast brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation found at the Podcast Park where you should be following along with all of the other hosts of 680's wonderful weekday shows and their podcasts on the Podcast Park Com. It is a very, very big Thursday as it is the return of the king. We've been saying for a while that it looked like Ronald Acuna was ready to go. And lo and behold, he gets the call back up to the big leagues today. Hopefully to give a shot in, in the arm to a team that has thus far been kind of kicking and, and struggling just to stay at 500 without any real sustained success. Having Ronald back will play a big role in that going behind Kyle Wright, who was suddenly magically transformed into the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. And the Braves are going to need that because Charlie Morton, another bad start yesterday, which has unfortunately for Charlie been a theme thus far through four starts for him this year. We'll talk about whether or not you should be worried about that. And, of course, because it is Thursday, we'll get a prospect segment later on in the show with a guy that everybody knows the name, but he's kind of become the forgotten man in in the system, really. Uh, We'll talk about him and, and why maybe you shouldn't write him off just yet. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But obviously, the number one story is Ronald Acuna Jr. is back after playing nine innings yesterday. Originally, he was only scheduled to play seven yesterday and nine innings in Gwinnett today. Instead, he gets the call up and he'll be starting in right field Could not be happier. I've I've said for a while, once you saw that he was stealing bases in the minors, you knew physically he was fine. It was, it was more about his timing and basically giving him a spring training to work through. And Ronald just kind of showed like, Hey, I'm ready to go. My timing is good. I'm healthy. I'm chomping at the bit and the big league team needs him. Quite frankly, they, they look a little listless. They need to be able to start getting some more runners on and, Aside from the fact that he's one of the best players in Major League Baseball, Ronald Acuna is also the tone setter for this team. He is the energizer. He is the momentum builder. He's the guy that when he's leading off and when he gets right and he's on the base paths and he's making other teams focus on him, the way that Ronald Acuna goes is how the rest of the team tends to go. And having him up at the top in front of Matt Olson, who's in front of Austin Riley, who's in front of Marcelo Zuna, who will then be in front of Ozzy Albies, who will then be in front of Adam Duvall or Travis Darno, who will then be in front of Duvall, who will then be in front of Travis Demerant, and then be in front of Dansby Swanson, that makes the lineup that much more difficult to go through, especially when you've been struggling to get anything outside of the top four hitters in your lineup. I guess top five. Travis has been, uh, Travis, uh, Travis Darno has actually been very, has been pretty good offensively to start the year. But outside of that top five, you're not getting anything from the bottom four in your lineup. So Ronald Acuna coming back moves everybody else down one space, which means your lineup gets at least one spot deeper. Now, Alex Dickerson was the casualty for Ronald Acuna Jr. coming back. It's a little bit of a shame. You're finally starting to see Dickerson start getting a little bit of luck with his batted ball data. He's been hitting the ball really, really hard and having nothing to show for it. Uh, but it does mean that Travis Demerit gets to stay up on the roster. And the fact that Demerit is actually, you know, a real outfielder, defensively speaking, uh, is probably what gave him the edge over Alex Dickerson. The fact that you don't need two DHs. The plan is for Marcelo Zuna to not have to play in the field ever. So if you don't, if he's going to be DHing every game, we don't really need Dickerson, quote unquote, I guess. It does mean that you don't have uh, any lefties on the bench right now, to my knowledge. Everybody's a righty. But, you know, that, that's something that you can kind of look at later on and, and figure that out when the time comes. It's more important to be having the best players on your team in order to win. And then, unfortunately for Alex Dickerson, he didn't have the versatility that Travis Demerit has. Uh, and Travis, who's played very well to start, has played very, very good defense, which has been a nice surprise, but has been putting good contact on the baseball and not swinging and missing a ton, which is something he's struggled with in the past, uh, but just doing really good things at the bottom of the order. He's got a nice power-speed combo. And Brian Snicker's going to reward him. Let him stay up in the big on, on the big squad and see if he can keep it moving, which is really cool to see. As somebody who, who likes Travis Demerick a lot, uh, as a guy that knows that he's very well-liked in the clubhouse uh, and with Gwinnett and all of those, it's cool to see a, a guy like Travis get a real shot uh, and get a chance to kind of separate himself a little bit and take advantage of the opportunity, which is good because the Braves need some guys to do this because some of the players that we've been counting on to have a, a really good chance at repeating have... Very much struggled early on, including the Braves starter yesterday, Charlie Morton, who just continues. I don't know if it's the baseball, as pretty much every major league pitcher out there has been complaining about the consistency of the baseballs and how they're different inning to inning and how they're all just bad. I don't know if that's affecting Charlie, but if you look at Charlie right now through four games, I, we'll, we'll, let's see if it's time to worry. Through four starts for him this year, he's one and two. I don't care about win-loss. That's, that's not reflective of how you pitch. What is reflective is in the 18 innings that he has thrown, he's given up 21 hits, 14 earned runs, 3 homers, 15 strikeouts, which is less than usual for him, but a glaring 11 walks. And that is something that you don't expect to see from Charlie Morton. You expect his walk rate to be kind of in the low threes to mid threes because he does throw a lot of off speed, but not sitting at five and a half walks per nine offset by only a seven and a half K per nine. That is not where Charlie needs to live. One and a half strikeout or one and a half home runs allowed per nine. That's just a function of not hitting your spots if you're Charlie. Uh, that's a 327 up against which isn't particularly high. It's not particularly low. The ground ball rate is only at 34.5%. For a guy that throws as many curveballs as Charlie, that needs to come up in a hurry. Uh, that's good for a 7.00 ERA and more importantly a 5.75 FIP which means that it hasn't just been bad defense. It's been a little bit of it and that's a function of rolling with Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zuna uh, in the defensive lineup for much of the season. It uh, doesn't help out any pitcher, but it hasn't helped him out enough. That's good for a 39-game score. That is, if you're not familiar with game score, that's very, very bad, uh, and it's kind of showed. Now, you might be saying, well, Charlie started out kind of slow last year too, right? And he did uh, in his first five starts. We'll go with his first five from last year, because just his first month. Um, he, his numbers were 4.76 ERA, 3.49 FIP, so really was a little bit unlucky. 3.42 X in a 54 game score. So while the ERA was higher than normal, overall he was you know fairly average, and that was in also and that was in 28 and a third innings. Uh, had given up not nearly as many hits, not nearly as many home runs. Uh, he had had 15 earned runs in those 28 and the third innings, 10, uh, 10 walks, 33 strikeouts. That was good for almost a 10.5K per nine. That's where you're expecting Charlie Morton to be. That's where he needs to be. If he's doing that, then you can live with everything else because he won't be giving up tons of, of just loud contact all over the board. Right now, Charlie Morton is a negative value, which is not something the Braves expected, and it's not something the Braves needed from a guy that they're counting on to be the the number two guy in the rotation and the veteran that you can count on to kind of stop the bleeding. So we'll see if Kyle Wright can pick him up today. It'd be very nice for Kyle to pick up Charlie Morton and, and kind of get him forward. But the Braves have to figure something out. I, I really came into this last night when I was looking up those numbers. I really expected to see very similar numbers so I could come in and say, yeah, I'm not worried. Uh, but after kind of researching a little bit, I think there is a right to be worried a little bit. Now, I don't know that it's father time so much as it is the baseballs uh, because there are a lot of pitchers, a lot of veteran pitchers who are struggling right now. And when you have most of the pitchers complaining about the same issue, I tend to believe that it is an issue. And it's not an excuse. You got to deal with what you got. Kyle Wright has had the same baseball as Charlie Morton, and he's been flat out outstanding. Um, but it does kind of lead you to to wonder what is Charlie going to do this year? Unless major league baseball decides to stealthily change the baseball again, which they very well might, they might throw the juice ball in there. If you're already using the humidor, they might put the juice ball in there with the humidor to then see if you can kind of offset both things and kind of get back to what would be standard, I guess. Um, But without that happening, you're talking about Charlie having to basically learn how to pitch with this baseball and who knows if he's going to figure it out anytime soon. The Braves can't keep we talked about this on Tuesday. The Braves can't keep counting on the Mets to be horrible, to blow it, to 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 ruin all of this to keep winning divisions. They have to be able to do it on their own without help from from the Mets. And in order for that to happen, Charlie Morton has to be a big part of this team. Now, Charlie is a very established veteran. He's a very talented individual. He's one of the better pressure pitchers that we've seen in a long time. So I wouldn't doubt him. I'm not ready to say that Charlie is done, that he's just fallen off the cliff yet. I think he's struggling to figure out how to command this baseball. The walk rates are sky high for him. And last night was just another example of where he didn't have command of any single pitch in his arsenal. And that kind of makes me believe that it's a lot, a lot to do with the baseball. Now I doubt Charlie would tell you that. He'll probably just tell you that he's not pitching well and he needs to do better. That's kind of the guy that Charlie is, uh, and I think that he, that's absolutely tr- that's absolutely true as well. But I'm not ready to pull the ripcord on him. But I'm certainly keeping an eye on him, and, I, and I'm uh, I'm kind of. I'm kind of watching him out of the side of my eyes a little bit to to see where this goes and see if he can start picking it up because he's got to pick it up more. He's got to pick it up better than this. This is is not playable for Charlie Morton right now. In no way, shape, or form did the Braves expect to have Charlie Morton negative through uh, negative war through basically the first month of the season. Now, having Ronald Acuna back obviously is a big deal for this team. Offensively, especially defensively, which I think is a boon to the pitching staff. Uh, what are, what should you expect from him right away? I mean, I don't know that I'm going to expect him to come out and just hit gangbusters, but he's looked on time in Gwinnett. He's, he's not, you know, he's, he's mashing the ball down there. Now, granted, you know, for a guy like Ronald Acuna, Gwinnett is child's play. So uh, he's just way more talented than anybody down there. So he should be dominating, and he did. Uh, what he did against Max Meyer was still the most impressive to me because Max Meyer is an outstanding big league talent arm, uh, and he, he he did very well
0: against him.
1: Now, I don't want to I don't want to go too high on the expectations, but let's just put it this way. I've previously said that Ronald Acuña Jr is going 40-40 this year, and even missing a month, I still think that. I think Ronald Acuña Jr is an insanely talented individual that if he had played all of last year, he would have won MVP, he would have put up a Mike Trout campaign. He says he feels even better than he did when he was at his best last year, and I'm going to hold him at his word until he shows me otherwise. I think having Ronald up at the top of this lineup means the Braves are going to be a lot more aggressive on the base paths, which is a good thing. Ronald Acuna really does need to be allowed to just run. Sometimes he'll run himself into outs. You know what? You deal with it. Sometimes it might hurt you, but a lot more often than not, it's going to help you. It's going to energize the rest of the team. It's going to give Matt Olsen plenty of op- RBI opportunities, which is something he has not had to this point. It's going to allow Ozzy Albies to move down in the order where he can either A, get more hittable pitches, B, have a little bit less pressure on him to be a table setter, and C, have more opportunities of his own to drive in runners, and it'll help the rest of the lineup down below him kind of move down a peg and kind of get some different looks at it like that. And it helps the Braves overall because it's it's – Better hitters, more hitters in the lineup means more runs scored, and that's what the Braves are really struggling with um, after dropping a game yesterday in extra innings with the stupid runner on second base and extra innings rule, which is still, to me, the, the worst rule in Major League Baseball. I don't know why anybody likes it. I don't know why people don't look at that and think that it's the most ridiculous thing they've seen, but... I, it, it's fair i guess for both sides. Tyler Matzik got beat up yesterday which is not what I was, what I'm accustomed to seeing. He also was a little bit off in his fastball. He was kind of sitting 93-94 which it's about 5 it's about 3 to 5 ticks under what you expect from Tyler Matzik. So I, don't, I don't really know what the deal was yesterday, uh, but I'm assuming he will not be pitching today. Uh, Braves feel like they had to have this shot in the arm with Acuña. And that's good. Uh, I I I'm expecting big things from him. I think he'll come right back and he'll just he'll show really what he was showing yet last year, which is that he is, he's just on a different level from everybody else. And there's nobody in this league that, I guess you could say wonder Franco, but there, I should say it this way. There are very few people in this game who have the types of tools that Ronald Acuna Jr. has. And he can impact literally every area of the team. And that's something that the Braves, and they come to rely on that because, as I've mentioned numerous times, the Braves are a very momentum-oriented team. When it's going well for the team, when momentum is in their favor, they just go out and they crush, and, and it's every pitcher, it's every team, it doesn't matter, it's like an avalanche. And having a guy like Ronald Acuna be that spark setter, there's nobody in baseball quite like him. I keep saying that he's, the easiest comparison for him is King Griffey Jr., and just in the fact that there's nothing on a baseball field he can't do, and he makes everything look simple and easy he's ultra aggressive, he has a lot of fun, He's he's the spotlight is always on Ronald when he's on the field, it's just him, he's just a magnetic personality and a magnetic talent, and he's one of the absolute best talents, just par for par, baseball skill for baseball skill, he's one of the best talents we've ever seen, and he's certainly one of the most talented players the Braves have ever seen and ever brought up, so... Nothing but good things to say about having him back. I expect him to have a good night tonight. I expect momentum to be in the Braves' favor. He's got, uh, coming up against the Cubs, they're they're not, I don't care what their numbers say. They've been kind of lucky so far. They're not a a super great roster. They've been winning games thus far, but they're not an extremely talented team. And today, he gets to go against Drew Smiley. Uh, We saw firsthand what can happen with Drew Smiley. Now, karma would dictate that Smiley's going to go out and throw like a no-hitter or a one-hitter against the Braves. Uh, But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see Ronald Acuna announce his return with Gusto in the first inning. Uh, I think that he's going to get underway. You're going to see him make a good defensive play. I think he's going to be very, very aggressive today and very excited just to be back on the ball field. So I'm going to go ahead and predict a win for the Braves tonight, which they need to win their first series of the year. They need to get this out of the way. I don't know what it is about the Braves lately the past few years and starting out slow. Uh, but so far, the Mets came out of the gate gangbusters, and, and they've built themselves a five and a half game lead already. Now That's not insurmountable. Obviously, it's a long, long, long season, and you don't want to worry about that. But like I said, you can't keep counting on the Mets to keep Metsing and, and just blowing the season. At some point, you do need to not dig yourself in a hole and control start to finish. So this would be as good a time as any for Kyle Wright out on the mound. Obviously, he's just doing more of the same. The man has been... Sterling has been nearly perfect he's been one of the top five best pitchers in all of baseball to start the year and he gets better and better and better every time out he's facing a lineup that has been performing well. But again, isn't a particularly talented lineup. And just like the Diamondbacks last year started out well and then remembered they were the Diamondbacks, the Cubs are going to remember that they're the Cubs and that their roster kind of sucks. Uh, they'll, they'll they'll fall off for, for too long. Kyle Wright is as good a guy as any for the Braves to show them that they should fall off, that there's levels to this. Um, Kyle's ability to locate inside, outside, up and down with all of his pitches and his willingness to, do, to go to all four pitches in any count has kept hitters completely off balance. I think that that continues today. Looking for the Braves to get out there and get a win. Again, I keep saying it over and over, but maybe get some runs early. And I mean runs, uh, not one run. Get get a few runs early. Get yourself a game where you can kind of relax a little bit, please. And kind of get yourself your your series win before you get going against a team like Texas, who's also not good. And start getting yourself on a little bit of a win streak, please. This would be something that we're seeing from the Braves at this point, but we keep with Morton and Anderson struggling badly, with the outfield defense being abysmal, with Dansby, who had a good hit last night to tie the game, but hasn't been consistent at all. The Braves need to figure out something. It's time, it's time to turn it on. It's, we're a month into the season now. You can't keep blaming the shortened spring training. It's time to get it going. And speaking of time to get it going, that does kind of fall in line right with our prospect spotlight of today, which is former first-round pick Jared Schuster. First round pick in COVID short in 2020 out of Wake Forest. He struggled a little bit more than expected after being taken. He was a guy that when you looked at him, typically when you see college guys that are really, really reliant on changeups at least me anyway, I almost expect them to be a more advanced pitcher. So I don't expect them to struggle with, with, with command all that often. I, I tend to think that they kind of come into it with a leg up on the competition. Now that's not always the case. Everybody's different. And that's the case for Jared Schuster, who didn't pitch in 2020, obviously, COVID year. So he, he pitched a little bit at the alternate site. The Braves liked a lot what they were seeing. But in, the reason why he was their first-round pick, one, in 2020, it was weird. You weren't allowed to really go around scouting. And then he was he was close at Wake Forest, so the Braves did get to see him a little bit. Uh, he was hitting 97 before the shutdown happened. So he came out of the gates, guns blazing. And that had carried over from his time at the Cape Cod League the season before in the summer. Where he had really stepped up his game, and one of the things he had one of the best, uh, with maybe Bryce Jarvis, one of the best changeups in that draft class. And the Braves, the Braves scouts love them some changeups. That's their favorite pitch to see from young arms because one, it shows. Generally, it shows that you're more advanced mentally than some of the other guys that you're going up against, especially if you're not a guy with 101 in the tank. But if you have a guy that has fastball and changeup, it's a really good base to have because it's always a good way to keep hitters off of balance. And you can work on adding sliders or, or curves or whatever because most teams end up adjusting the breaking pitches that guys come into their organization with. It's not, it's not all that common to see guys go from the time they get drafted to the time they hit the big storing the same breaking ball. Kyle Wright is an example. Uh, pretty much everyone that you see is an example. Spencer Strider would be another glaring example. Um, but for Schuster... There were some, some questions. He was a little bit of a risky pick because there were questions about is that 97? Is that real? Or is it because it's a COVID year or because he's not thrown a ton of innings and because it's early in the season? Is it something that he's going to be able to carry through the season? You didn't get to have those questions answered. The Braves decided that they liked how analytically driven and, and the the data and just the, the in-depth development that the wake forest pitching lab uses. And they, they felt that not only do they feel good enough to go take Schuster in 2020, they went and took Ryan Cusick the year after who was a main piece in that deal to bring in Matt Olson. Took both of them out of wake forest. Now Cusick jumped ahead of Schuster in the rankings. And that's kind of what happened for Schuster as a whole, because he didn't come in and blow doors right away because he kind of struggled with his command and with the home run ball. And because he hasn't had great numbers until this season He got passed up by quite a few arms, and at 6'3", 210, he is a lefty, but his fastball tends to sit 92-94 most days. He can reach back and get to 97 if he needs to, but he doesn't really sit there. He reminds me a lot of Tucker Davidson. Then there's a lot of the same issues that Tucker's had over time. Now, Tucker has done a great job of starting to minimize those a little bit. It's obviously what Tucker's working on, but that's kind of what you're seeing with Jared Schuster. Command and home runs have been a major issue last season for him. Uh, and probably a little bit of the alt side is it, it was hard to get any real information out of there, uh, but it led to a ballooned ERA. So far this year, he's only thrown 17 innings. I get it, but he's been a lot better. And one of the things that has helped that is his ground ball rate is up about 10%. Yeah. His, his ground ball rate coming into this year was about, I think about 39% at, at AA a season ago or at high a, a season ago in AA this year, he is up to 48% on his ground ball rate. And that is, a really good sign. That's something that for for a guy who relies so much on his changeup and doesn't have the most overpowering of fastballs, and whose slider has shown some promise but hasn't been consistent, ground ball rates are saviors. And that's that's one of the things that he really needs to work on consistently. I should say it was at Double A that he really struggled last year. He wasn't great at High A last year, but wasn't you know he, he's carried good strikeout numbers at least always over ten per nine. Uh, And the walk rates have not been particularly bad. It's been the home run ball that's bit him in the keister because he's giving up too many fly balls. And that's one of the things where he jumped from 39.1% ground ball in an admittedly short sample of 14 and two-thirds, which I would say, oh, that's a small sample, except that that was actually better than his 58 and a third sample size in high eight, where he was at 34.7, to this year where he's at 48.7. It's much much nicer. The ERA has looked a lot nicer, the 5th, is cut in half from what it was at AA. He's at 304 right now. Uh, that And that command, I think, is something that he's he's got to work on the most. If he can continue to refine that command a little bit to where he can consistently throw the slider or the changeup for strikes and counts, then I think he'll be able to carry those strikeout numbers up the ladder. And that's kind of what the Braves are looking for. That's what I look for. The Braves have kind of transformed into a team of high velo guys, but also searching for high strikeouts. And that's That's just a function of the game of baseball. The only way to be sure that you don't get hurt is to strike the batter out. And that's what the Braves have been searching for. That's my favorite style of pitching. And that's what you're starting to see with Schuster a little bit. As his command continues to improve, those numbers should continue to carry. I don't know that he's a 12 or 13 K per nine. He's not that overpowering. But if he can be better with his command to where his command is average to above average, his changeup is good enough. His changeup is, is outstanding to where that should generate tons of swing and miss. It tends to you already, and that's going to be a pitch especially facing right-handed hitters. That changeup is going to be his out pitch. It's going to be his money pitch. If he can get his slider to be league average to slightly above, kind of in the same way that Tucker did before his slider ballooned, then I think that that's a very a very good comparison is for him and Tucker Davidson. I think they're very similar. They're very similar sizes. Now, obviously Schuster has the higher pedigree being the first round pick, but as far as The way they go about their business and the way they approach hitters and the way they approach the game, they're very similar, and they have a lot of the same struggles. Now, Tucker's has been more the walk rates at times. Schuster's never really struggled with walk rates. Schuster's just struggled with putting the ball too high in the zone and leaving it over the middle of the plate. So if he can start getting that out of the way, I don't know that you see him this year. Again, there's quite a few pitchers who were in front of him, but he does have that pedigree, and the Braves obviously felt enough about him to have him start in double a this season now nah, he's a little bit older so you got to push him a little bit of aggressively uh, but they felt high enough about him to take him in the first round in a, in a draft where they only had five picks the same draft that spencer strider and bryce elder came from but they didn't have a lot of picks and they didn't feel like they wasted any of those they still think highly of jared schuster and he's got a shot to to really blow up that change up of his i wouldn't say that it's the best change up in the system but it's definitely up there uh, he, he's definitely got one of the better changeups in the entire system. I think Tukey's is probably the nastiest changeup. Kyle Wright's has been outstanding, and when Ian is 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 right, his changeup plays like one of the best in the system. Uh, but Jared Schuster was was showing that out in college and in the Cape, and that 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 changeup is what got him to be a first round pick. That and throwing ninety seven, and I think the Braves might be starting to think that he's he's ready to unlock a little bit of it. We we talked about Freddie Tarnock last week. Uh, Jared Schuster's another name make sure you you're paying attention to Jared there's a lot of pedigree there Wake Forest is phenomenal as far as developing pitchers and developing pitch shapes so that's something that I would I would really expect Schuster to to start to kind of develop better I don't know if they mess with his mechanics a little bit or if it's just been figuring out the pro game uh, a lot of times in the minors you, you see guys that are working on specific processes and not really working for the results quite as much I I do in a doubt that's what the case was with Schuster. I think it's just been a case of he kind of was struggling a little bit, uh, but he looks like he's gotten that out of the way. It looks like he's getting a little bit better. If he can get himself up to Gwinnett, I keep saying, get yourself to where you're working with Mike Merritt, and that's when you can really start to decide if this guy is a real prospect or not. So for Jared Schuster, name of the game is consistency. Keep it going. He'll find himself in Gwinnett before too long. And for the Braves, welcoming back Ronald Acuna Jr., welcoming back one of the absolute best players in Major League Baseball. Let's celebrate correctly. Celebrate with a win and winning the first series of the year. Look for Ronald to do some big things in his debut tonight. Can't wait to see it. Very jealous of all of you who are going to see that. Have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, and we will be back. Now, I will be on Saturday, obviously, checking out 680 The Fan uh, or the app or 93.7 FM. You can probably hear it on Pandora or any of the other streaming sites for the radio. It will be 643 after Chris Amino, uh, 9 to 11 on Saturday. So make sure you're tuning in. If not, I'll be back again on Tuesday next week for uh, a little bit more of celebratory Braves, hopefully, as they win their first series tonight and look to make a march towards the top with Ronald Acuna leading the charge. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back again next week here for the 643 Podcast.
0: Start your shopping online at subaroofgwinnett.com. Then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back.
1: You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.